Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Starting or Settling. I am your host, Julia, and the NFL is back, baby. We did it. We made it. I'm so proud of all of us who suffered those long, hard months of despair and being bored and just missing NFL football, but it is so back and we it's football eve. It's Sunday football, football Sunday Eve. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It is the best feeling in the world waking up on a football Sunday and the first one, especially because you're like, oh my God, for the remainder of the year and into next year, every single Sunday is a holiday. Every single Sunday is football, food, and fun. If your team is good. I love it. I just love it. It feels like fall to me already, even though it's going to be like 80 degrees tomorrow. I don't care. There is nothing that can ruin my day tomorrow, even if the Giants lose, because I am expecting that. And I will get into that in this episode. We did it, guys. We made it. The NFL is back. And so are we. Uh, If you did not listen to my last episode, I just briefly previewed the Rams Bills opener, which I incorrectly uh, predicted, by the way. So in this episode, I'm going to go over that game briefly go over each game, my predictions for each game going into week one, both all the Sunday games, Sunday night, Monday night. And then on Wednesdays, I will be releasing my reviews of the Sunday and Monday night game and then previewing Thursday night. So the schedule for this football season, Wednesdays and Saturdays, you're very welcome. You're going to get two podcasts from me a week, if not more. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just happy to be doing this. I'm fully, fully committed to doing this whole season, including the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. And we're going to see where it goes. And if you guys, of course, ever want to join me, have any suggestions, whatever it is, let me know. Because I know I got a lot of you football fans out there and I know you love it as much as I do. Well, maybe not as much. That's that's setting the bar a little high. (laughs) But I, I know there's a lot of you out there. So We did it, guys. We're back, and boy, was I wrong about the first game of the season. Rams, Bills, uh, the Rams celebrating their Super Bowl victory from last season, and boy, did they spoil that. Should I say the Bills spoiled that? And I would like to, first off, apologize to the Bills Mafia and Josh Allen. I meant no disrespect by my prediction. If you didn't listen or don't remember, I thought the Rams were going to hold out and win 24 to 20. While I did predict it would be a sloppy game, which it was, I I just didn't think the Bills, I felt like the Bills were being hyped up so much that they were kind of due to fall flat because I felt like it was disrespectful to the Rams for everyone to just anticipate them to lose. But yeah, no, they lost. They got smacked. And even in the sloppy moments for the Bills in the game, with the fumbles and the interceptions, Josh Allen really only had one bad throw, and that was his one interception that was counted against him in my mind because he did have another one, but that one wasn't his fault at all. Um, he, I mean, he was insane. Josh Allen is insane, and he's going to be the MVP this year, no doubt in my mind. If knock on wood, he can stay healthy. I mean, he is just a monster. His arm is so strong. He's so accurate. He's not afraid to take risks. He lowers his shoulder. He's stiff-arming guys. I mean, he is just every facet of the game, everything you want in a quarterback. And he mentally, he looks different. Like he looks angry out there, but he's, it's like a fun angry where he's like, I'm loving this, but I'm also going to beat the shit out of everybody. Um, apologies for the language there, but that's really the only way to truly embody what we just saw from him in this first week. And on the, and 
the Bills defense, my God. I mean, they added Von Miller, and they didn't blitz really at all. Got six sacks on Matt Stafford, who looked horrible. And, you know, it doesn't help when you're under duress that much, but he was inaccurate. He wasn't comfortable. You know, he didn't even look down the field that much. Uh, obviously missing a lot of key factors, OBJ, Andrew Whitworth, Man Jefferson. Yeah, fine, sure. They didn't give Cam Akers the ball at all, and I was talking to my dad uh, the day after the game, and I just think sometimes Sean McVay tends to outcoach himself. Um, you know, with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers there as the sort of running back by committee situation, even though Akers is listed as the starting running back, um, I think he went for matchup, and for some reason he felt like Henderson was a better matchup, which clearly he wasn't. I don't know if Akers would have done much better, but to only give him the ball three times made no sense to me unless there was an injury that happened that they just didn't disclose, which I don't imagine that happening because then why wouldn't you just tell us? Um, but, yeah, the, the Bills look insane. If they can stay healthy and build off this week one game, I don't really see any team that's going to stop them. Uh, and on the flip side, I'm not going to overreact yet to the Rams and what this will mean for their season, but it didn't look hot, and it didn't really look hot for anybody, especially the start. Aaron Donald, kind of quiet, the exceptional one sack. Jalen Ramsey got torched. Um, yeah, that was insane. The Bills are insane. <laughs> Bills Mafia, you guys are in for some fun football, not only this year, but for years to come. Um, yeah insane. So getting into the Sunday slate of games, we are going to start with the one o'clock hour. <laughs> I can't wait for that octo box from Scott Hansen in NFL red zone. It's just going to be a beautiful sight. Uh, 49ers bears. That's the first game we're going to get into super young quarterbacks starting here, guys, Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't know how confident that Kyle Shanahan and, and the Niners are in Trey Lance because they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I really do wonder what this says about his development. But the reality is, for every other part of that team, they are Super Bowl ready. Defensively, they're set. Offensively, they're set. Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle when he comes back, sounds like he's going to miss this week. Um but against this Bears team, I think it's a really good first start for them. The Bears defensively are fine, but offensively, I think Justin Fields is good, but I don't think the rest of their offense is at all. And that's a really tough position to put a young quarterback in, especially against a defense like the 49ers have. Super aggressive, super blitz heavy. Um, and I mean, with Bosa back there, my God, good luck, Justin. I'm praying for you. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty easy win for the Niners. I think they're going to beat the bears 21 to 13. Uh, Trey Lance is going to get a good start to the season, but I don't know how high I am on him. That's why I have their score pretty low. But again, with Debo Samuel, you never know. So Niners 21 bears 13 Patriots dolphins rumors out of Pat's camp is that the offense looks horrific and defensively they're not bad but it's just not enough to make up for what i believe will be a severe lack of production from that offense i mean if your two offensive coordinators essentially are matt patricia who's been a career defensive coordinator and joe judge who was a part of one of the worst offenses i've ever seen when he coached the giants uh yeah that's not a good combination and on the flip side You've got a really good Miami defense and offensively adding Tyreek Hill is just opening up more for Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki. And while I don't think two is that great either, I think if you give him easy throws to make, he'll make them. 
So uh, I think this is going to be a landslide victory for the Dolphins, 27-14 over the Patriots. And I think New England fans are going to have to start to settle into that realization that their football team is not going to be very good for not only this season, but maybe a couple years to come. Steelers Bengals. Uh, I think it was smart of the Steelers and Mike Tomlin to name Mitch Trubisky as the starting quarterback over rookie Kenny Pickett. I personally don't love throwing rookie quarterbacks out there unless there's absolutely no other option, especially against a team that went to the Super Bowl last season. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Mixon, I think they're picking up right where they left off. I think that defense is going to continue to improve. Uh, but I think TJ Watt's going to have a little fun as he always does. Bengals 28, Steelers 20. Eagles Lions. As a Giant fan, it absolutely sucks. I think the Eagles get an easy week one matchup like every year and they always start out 1-0 and it just kind of puts a little damper on the week, but they're playing the uh, hard knocks team of this off season, the lions who they're rebuilding. And obviously I want them to win, but I think the Eagles are just going to kind of cruise through this one. They just have too much talent for, for both sides of the ball uh, to go up against this lions team that again is in the process of rebuilding. I think the Eagles will kind of be like the Titans. That's my prediction of the past few years where they have really good regular seasons. They put up really good numbers. They can be exciting and they're tough to beat, but they're going to fall short in the playoffs due to the fact that their weakest link is, in fact, their quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing Aiden Hutchinson get after Hurts, though. I mean, he looks like the real deal. And also after his Billie Jean performance on Hard Knocks, it's hard not to root for the guy. Uh, Eagles 24, Lions 14. Browns, Panthers. I am a thousand, one million bajillion percent rooting for the Panthers, and I want Baker to absolutely kill them like he said he would. Uh, I'm not going to get into the Deshaun Watson situation again because I'm sick of talking about it, but I hate the Browns, and I, I hope they go in 16. Um, I hope the Panthers' defensive line gives Jacoby Brissett and that offense hell. I hope McCaffrey goes off. I hope Anderson goes off. Uh, I think it's going to be... A, a pretty solid victory for the Panthers here, unless Miles Garrett knocks out Baker with a helmet. Uh, it's going to be Panthers 28, Browns 20 on this one. Colts, Texans. The Colts should win this game easily. I mean, the Texans are basically the same team that they were last year, just with the added debut of the highly anticipated debut, excuse me, of rookie running back Damon Pierce, who a lot of fantasy owners picked up, and I hope that works out for you guys who have him. Uh, I hope Matt Ryan, though, does elevate this Colts team to what they maybe could have been last year. However, I think their championship window was last year just because the AFC is way too strong. Um, and to have Matt Ryan competing with Mahomes, with Herbert, with Russell Wilson, and um, Josh Allen, I just, I think it's too tough for the AFC this year for the Colts this year, but they're going to start out one and zero against the Texans with the help of Jonathan Taylor and that stellar offensive line Colts, 24 Texans, 13 Saints Falcons. Hello, 2015 NFL draft. My God, Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Who the hell would have thought, uh, this game is going to be interesting. It's two quarterbacks who, in my opinion, have flashed their talent and, and shown what they're capable of, but have just really lacked that consistency. Uh, I'm curious to see how Falcons rookie wide receiver Drake London pairs with second-year standout tight end Kyle Pitts, uh, but I do think the Saints defense is going to contain him pretty well, and I think Jameis is going to start out with a bang like he did last year. Saints 27, Falcons 17. Ravens-Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, the Jets, he, he's going to be out till week four probably, if not longer than that. 
Um, so Joe Flacco, it is. He's going to be going up against his old team. And his old team happens to have Lamar Jackson, who they chose not to uh, agree to, or not that they didn't agree to a deal with him, but they didn't give him a deal that he agreed with by his deadline of yesterday, Friday the 9th. Uh, so he's playing for a contract, uh, a contract that I think has the potential to maybe even break some more records. I mean, listen, with this Deshaun Watson deal, the Browns set a precedent of a lot of guaranteed money. And if anyone's deserving of that, I think Lamar is one of those guys. Um, I think the Jets are going to put up a fight, but fall short due to just a lack of talent and a lack of experience. I'm going Ravens 30, Jets 14. Jags commanders. This game's going to suck. It's going to be boring. Uh, Washington's missing Chase Young. Uh, they obviously still have Terry McLaurin, have some running backs that they're confident in. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is either going to be amazing or horrible, and there's just no in-between for him. Uh, I am going to give the edge to Jacksonville, though. I think Trevor Lawrence deserves it. I do think they've got a lot of young talent. Uh, I think Doug Peterson's going to be a great coach to develop Trevor Lawrence and really get the most out of him. I think he's a really good offensive coach. I think he works with quarterbacks really well. And I, I'm hopeful for Trevor Lawrence this year because he was given a brutal hand for his rookie year. So Jags 21, Washington 20. Packers-Vikings. This game, I think it's it's tough because you always want to go with Aaron Rodgers, right? But I don't think that's going to be the case in this game. I don't think it's going to set the tone for the Packers for how their season is going to go necessarily, but I think it's going to be a tough start for them. Uh, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins for the Super Bowl. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins for the playoffs, but I think he's a very good regular season quarterback. I think he's going to put up a lot of great numbers, especially with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and they added Jalen Rieger and Dalvin Cook. They've just got so much talent there that I don't think they're going to really stutter offensively. And defensively, they already were strong. And then added former Packers, Adarius Smith, who's just an absolute beast, who's going to get after Rodgers in this game. And Rodgers, on the flip side for Green Bay, is dealing with losing Devontae Adams, has a super young wide receiver core, a very injured wide receiver core. Again, going to be a slow start for them. I'm going Vikings 35, Packers 20. Yeah, that's going to be a blowout to me. I'm skipping over the Giants-Titans for now because I want to go deeper into that game a little bit. Obviously, because I'm a Giant fan, it just means more to me. <sighs> I wish it didn't. It's really, I'm so sick of losing week one. We'll get back to that. Um, but I do want to go into the game of the week this week. Raiders, Chargers, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. I mean, the Chargers this year, they're going to be a monster team. And Justin Herbert will be, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the AFC West. Yes, over Mahomes. Yes, over Russell Wilson. Yes, over Derek Carr. Plus, Joey Bosa in that defense, J.C. Jackson, they are going to completely change the outlook of the season for this team. And I think they are going to be the team that the Buffalo Bills will have to go through to get to the Super Bowl this year. So I am predicting a Chargers-Bills AFC Championship game right here, right now, which by the way, Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen, could you not ask for anything more? I mean, that would be nuts. Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs and Mike Williams and Gabe Davis. And man, that would just be so in like insane. Um, I, I think they're going to have a really good year this year, but I think the Raiders are going to edge them out on this one. Derek Carr now is Devontae Adams. 
Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, who the Raven uh, the Ravens, the Raiders just signed to a three-year extension right before his 30th birthday. I think they're going to go toe-to-toe with L.A. all game. And I think what's going to win them this game is their defensive line. Um, the Raiders have their defensive coordinator as uh, Patrick Graham. Uh, he was the former defensive coordinator for the Giants. And the reason why, in my opinion, he didn't work out for the Giants was because his style of defense is we don't blitz very much uh, and we rely on our defensive line just to get to the quarterback. But the problem was the Giants didn't have the talent at that defensive line to do that. Um, and the Raiders do. The Raiders have a ferocious defensive line. And I think that, that this game is going to end because the Raiders are going to get to Justin Herbert on the final drive of the game, and they are going to win 38-31 over the Chargers. So while I think the Chargers will be the team out of the AFC West and be the team the Bills will face in the AFC Championship game, I don't think they're starting out 1-0 this year. So there's my prediction on that one. I don't know how people are going to feel about that, but we'll see. Uh, Chiefs-Cardinals. This game I think is going to be a little disappointing. I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill, and... I think he's going to take a step down this year. He'll still be good because he's Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think he's going to be the Mahomes we're used to seeing. He He's going to have to be a lot more accurate with the ball, a lot more careful with the ball than he has been because he's had the luxury of Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things. And on the flip side, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a solid game. He'll maybe have done his homework and studied as long as he should have uh, to prep for it. But I do think the Chiefs are going to edge him out solely based on the fact that I think these teams are pretty even, and I think if the only difference is at the quarterback position, I'm taking Mahomes over Kyler every time. So Chiefs 24, Cardinals 21. Uh, Bucks cowboys Sunday night football. I'm so sick of this matchup. I don't know why. I just, I mean, I, I also, I want the Bucks to win this game. Um, I think these teams are also pretty even. I mean, listen, you got Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. You got Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Um, I think Dallas is pretty strong defensively. I think Trayvon Diggs is way overrated and I hope he gets absolutely burned. So for me, there's nothing that really moves the needle in this game. And I wonder, I am curious to see how Tom Brady looks. Um, he doesn't have Gronkowski. It's, you know, a weird off season for him missing a ton of training camp due to personal matters that everyone thought he was on dancing with the stars. And then everyone thought he got Botox and it's like, okay, who, what the hell? Um, but I think the Bucks are going to edge out Dallas 27 to 14. Monday night, this game's going to be sick. Russell Wilson and the Broncos going up against his former team in the Seattle Seahawks, starting his former backup, Geno Smith. Um, Seattle signed DK Metcalf to an extension. Good for them. Good for him. Um, I think Russ is going to light it up, though. I think offensively, Denver has so much talent that they just haven't had the quarterback to, to take advantage of it until now. And defensively, they are also legit. Uh, Broncos 31, Seattle 14. Now, sorry, I, I just put my phone down. That's what I read my notes off of. Um, Giants-Titans. Listen, guys, all you Giant fans out there, this is a huge year for us. There's a lot of things on the line this year it's the first year of brian dayball first year of joe shane potentially last year for daniel jones saquon barkley sterling shepherd who knows right this is year zero for the giants this is the year where this new regime comes in and evaluates who they want to move forward with 
with who they inherited. They were given an absolutely horrible, disastrous cap situation. Thank you to Dave Gettleman. And they had to do what they could, um, which led to them having to let go of their best corner uh, that they had in James Bradbury, who, of course, went over to Philly. Um, And that leaves them super thin in the secondary. They released Blake Martinez because they didn't feel he was a system fit. And and I guess it was a cap situation for next year. I don't really understand. I don't know. Um, The cap situation always confuses me in that regard with like restructuring contracts and signing and cutting guys. Um, But so now they're starting like Tay Crowder and um, Calitro, I think the, the rookie against Eric Henry. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for our defense and also the giants are going to be without starting edge rushers, most likely without Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Aziz Ujulari, um, both of whom were expected to have good seasons this year. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to be pretty for the giants tomorrow defensively, unless Wink Martindale cooks up something that surprises me. What does excite me is the fact that the giants have called up Quincy Roche from their practice squad who really stood out to me last year. And all of preseason, he was making plays. Um, I think he's super talented. I think he gets after the quarterback. And hopefully he can do the same and make up for what we're missing. Um, it's going to be super huge for the defense to be disciplined in this game because of how thin they are and because of the injuries they have. So what's really going to be – what's listen, Giants are losing tomorrow. That's my prediction. I think the Giants are losing tomorrow, but what I'm really looking to watch is this offense because to me, the two most important things I'm looking for are Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, most specifically Daniel Jones because this is do or die for him, right? And I might be in a corner on this one. I think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. I think a lot of people like to say he's not because it's easy to say it, especially when you don't watch. The reality is he came into a horrible situation. He's had one of the worst offensive lines in the league since he entered it. His receivers and running back have never been healthy. There was not one single game last year where all three starting wide receivers were on the field at the same time. In fact, there were many games where actually all three weren't, uh, which is insane. So to me, this is it. He's got... Sorry for the noise. I live on a main road. You're used to this, whatever. He's got Kenny Galladay, who's pretty healthy. He's got Kadarius Tony. He's got rookie Wandell Robinson, who the media has been raving about all summer. He's got a healthy Saquon Barkley, who everyone's been raving about, and actually deep running back room for the Giants, um, which I'm very excited about because having depth at that position, I think they're not going to use Saquon as a traditional running back, as he should not be. He's way too special of a talent to be just giving the ball right up the middle and hoping to make something happen. Um, the offensive line has certainly improved how much, I don't know, but it can't get worse from last year. And I don't think it can even be the same as last year because that was some of the worst offensive line coaching and play I have ever seen in my entire life. I also think this new offensive scheme is really going to elevate the strengths that Daniel Jones has being his deep ball accuracy, his accuracy in general, his mobility. And I think we're going to see him really come out of his shell. I think the he, listen, he threw for 24 touchdowns his rookie year, right? That doesn't happen by accident. He's got the talent, but the past two years, he's been handicapped by a coach and an offensive coordinator that want to pound the football into the ground, run it right up the gut with an awful offensive line and say, well, that's our game plan. No, I think Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka the former Bills offensive coordinator and the former Chiefs offensive coordinator are going to come together and use what they see to be his strengths. 
Will it be enough to win this particular game? In my opinion, no. Solely because I'm literally expecting the Titans to score on every single drive. And I do think it is going to be tough. Obviously, the Titans lost their star pass rusher uh, Landry to an ACL, which sucks. And I hope he he recovers and is able to get back healthy for next year or maybe late in the season. Who knows? But it, they're still a super talented defense, much more experienced. I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach. So, listen, all I want to see from Daniel Jones in this offense tomorrow, I want to see them move the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field. I want to see them score touchdowns. I don't want to see field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, punt from the 48. Like, none of that. I want to see them play aggressively. I want to see them get after it. And I want to see the true Daniel Jones that we saw glimpses of in his rookie year and that we've seen glimpses of throughout. I think the keys, there's going to be three keys for Daniel Jones this season. These are my top attributes that we need to see from him in order to prove that he is the guy. Because I want him to be. And so anyone who's like, I don't want Daniel Jones. I want Anthony Richardson. I want you know, Bryce Young, blah, blah, blah. If you're a Giant fan and you're rooting against Daniel Jones, you're a loser and don't talk to me about football because it would suck if the Giants have to spend another first-round draft pick on a quarterback. I'm sorry, nobody wants that. It's just easier to be able to have your guy and say this is who we're rolling with and go focus on other parts of the team because there's a lot of parts of the team that need a lot of help. Uh, I also think Joe Shane is a, is a smart enough GM to work a deal that's going to be beneficial for both the players he signs as well as the organization and not be a Dave Gettleman who's just throwing money at people who he thinks sound good because that's really what it felt like. And shame on John Mara for allowing that to happen. But back to the point. Here are the three keys for me that Daniel Jones needs to prove to be the guy. One, availability. Daniel Jones has not played a full season. He has missed games due to injury every single season, including his rookie year. That is not, that can't happen. The best teams, that cannot happen. You're going to be banged up. You're going to have tweaks here and there, but you got to be able to play through it. Injuries that you can play through. Um, you got to be there. You can't be missing your starting quarterback. And I know Tyron Taylor is a very capable backup, but I don't want to see Tyron Taylor. I want to see Daniel Jones. We know what Tyron Taylor is. That's why he's a backup again. That's why he is not a starter on another football team because he isn't that good. He's talented, but he's just not that good. So Daniel Jones needs to be healthy all year and play all 17 games. And if the Giants can somehow pull it through, maybe more than that. But he needs to be there week in and week out because that's what you need in a starting quarterback. The second key, consistency. We've seen flashes from Jones of good games, sometimes even great games. But we haven't seen him do that on a week-to-week basis. I'm sick and tired of turning around you know, one week and saying, wow, Jones played a really good game. It's just the defense gave up the late touchdown or so-and-so dropped the football and then turning around the next week and being like, where was last week's Daniel Jones? Cause he just threw two interceptions, fumbled the football, missed this guy, missed that read. Just I'm sick of it. I need to see him go in week in and week out and play his tail off. And yeah, I use that expression. Was that embarrassing? Probably, but it is what it is. And I think The last key to success, we've got availability, we've got consistency, and the last key is be the game winner. At the end of halves, the two-minute drills, down four, down seven, need a two-point conversion, this, that, the other thing, need to convert on the fourth down, need to convert on the third and long. Daniel Jones needs to be the guy 
He needs to be the reason why the Giants win a football game. I want to see Daniel Jones have the ball with a minute 30 left and two timeouts and need a touchdown and take the team down the field and score. I don't care if it's the best defense in the league. I don't care if it's the worst defense in the league. Daniel Jones has to do it because if you are going to be a winner at any level, whether it's the regular season, the playoffs, hell, even even practice, you need to prove that in those dire moments that you can be the guy that the team's going to lean on and go score and go win a football game. So to me, I think he's going to do it. I think he finally has a situation where coaches aren't trying to make him fit a mold, but they are playing to the strengths that he has. I could be very wrong, but if he does those three things combined with the offensive scheme provided by Dable and Kafka, combined with Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson, I I don't see why he can't be successful and I don't see why he can't be the guy. But it's truly up to him at this point, and we will see. So with that being said, I think the Giants are going to lose 31-24 to to the Titans, but I think Jones is still going to play well. At least that's what I hope. And I'm excited to see a healthy Saquon back on the field as well. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Football is back. We made it. We did it. We're here. Enjoy your days. Let me know how it goes. Let me know if you have any suggestions. Let me know if you want to join me on this. I love this stuff way too much to not do it. So um, the NFL is back and all is right in the world. Enjoy week one.